0: Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life.
1: Enjoy the message. It's an interesting day in which we live. Has anybody noticed it's an interesting day in, in which we live? <clears throat> Everywhere we turn. I don't even think we remember what normal is. I think that we need to continually remind ourselves that the Bible is truth. The Bible is truth. Don't care what anybody else says, you know, the Bible is truth. And the church needs to live that way. You know, and I believe that uh, it's a time of spiritual warfare, so much so that Manny Jenkins is our cap- campus uh supervisor and on our staff been there a long time and so for the last several weeks in staff I've had him asked him to teach a series on spiritual warfare to our staff and really you know in Ephesians 6 and putting on the full armor of God and being prepared you know it's interesting because the Apostle Paul he, he wrote that in scripture under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit And it's been, it's been pertinent for 2,000 years. And sometimes in life, when battles hit us, anybody been hit with a battle in the last 60 days? You know? It's spiritual warfare. We know that the enemy is going about like a roaring lion. Not a toothless lion, but a roaring lion with a loud voice and more powerful than us in ourself. But with Jesus Christ, he's, he is toothless. And, and the Apostle Paul wrote that in Scripture so that we would take it to heart. You know, when my grandkids were small, my daughter, you know, made 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 the armor of God that they would put on in the morning, you know, in vacation Bible school. They did stuff like that at vacation Bible school, and they would learn about that. And then Then for a long time, every morning before they went to school, she would pray and put on the armor of God, you know. And then I think the little bit older we get, sometimes we may forget that we need the armor of God. You know, it'd probably look a little bit funny if we all went out dressed like Roman soldiers, you know. I'm sure Homeland Security would be there if we did, but I think what we need to do is every morning put on that armor of God. Because every morning, there's a battle before us. It could be the battle for our health. It could be the battle for our loved ones. It could be the battle for our nation. It could be the battle for our schools. There's a battle going on. And so Manny has just done an absolutely wonderful job, really a wonderful job, teaching about spiritual warfare and reminding us. And that's exactly what we're in. We are called to be warriors. We really are. And, and we have the truth. We have the Word of God. We have the Spirit of God. And if ever there was a time in our nation's history when the church needed to rise up, where the body of Christ needed to stand firm, now is the time. And it all begins with us individually. So I'm really grateful that Manny has been, been doing such a, such a great job because in our ministry, we are in spiritual warfare all the time our mission our goal our vision is to put hope hope within reach of everyone struggling with life controlling issues and and that's a big task hope within reach of everyone now that's a big task but we serve a big god so do we say well that's impossible for god so maybe we ought to revise our vision statement you know let's let's reduce it you know let's not give god more than he can handle <laughs> We serve a God that can handle a lot. And we're we're so grateful for that. And our and our own ministry has been very, very difficult time lately. Yesterday we had a memorial service, you know, on, on our board, because I'm still very, very tied to this church, Sharon and I are. And we get your, you know, the emails that go out, the prayer lists that go out all the time, constantly. And two of my board members, the chair of my board is David Graves, you know. And uh, we are in constant, constant communication with each other. David and Deanna, they're the contact supervisors for for Lodi, for for this ministry. And you need to pray for David, and you need to pray for Deanna, and you need to pray for the outreach. He hand-delivered the other day, hand-delivered to, what, over 50 churches, I think, a letter. And this isn't the first time he's done this. This has happened numerous times to try to get the door opened in more churches in Lodi that we can go share the message of putting hope within reach of everyone struggling with life-controlling issues. I've been in Lodi almost all my life. I've served on in in uh, public office in this town. I've I've served in the ministry in this town. I've served as a business owner in this town and all of that. And the, the, lo- the slogan, lovable, livable, lo- livable Lodi, It's a great place to raise a family. Wonderful place. But there's a dark side in Lodi, too. There's a dark side in Lodi. There's a lot of alcoholism in Lodi. There's a lot of drug abuse in Lodi. There's a lot of gang activity in Lodi. There's a lot of divorce in Lodi. There's a lot of fractured, fractured, fractured families in Lodi. Lodi's really two towns. Go east with the railroad tracks and west with the railroad tracks. For many years, I had a team, team, and it was something that I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. You know, uh, to really pray for the city, because the answer for all of us, the answer for us is, is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit laid on my heart, and I think it was for about eight years we did this. And, and uh, I felt like God was wanting to really move mightily in this community, and move mightily in this community and bring revival to this community and restore families and give hope to everyone who's really struggling with it. And so I felt like we needed to break down racial barriers. We needed to break down socioeconomic barriers and all of that. The, the, our theme song was break dividing walls. If ever there was a theme song, a spirit-filled theme song that need to be led in our nation today is break divided walls because we see it's divided walls. It's the balkanizing of our nation. It's the tribalism that's coming across. It's, the, it's those that hate Christ, those that hate all of that. It's the fracture that we see. And unity in Jesus Christ in the 17th chapter of John Jesus, and he's in the garden, and the disciples are, are sleeping. He prays for himself. He prays for his disciples. And he prayed for all believers. And what did he say? He says, Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. And so praying for one, unity, unity in the body of Christ. So so I felt led, and so I was the token white guy. My buddy Melvin Crawford was the token black guy. Adam Cobreville was the token Mexican. Glenn Fusom was the token Asian Hawaiian. And every Wednesday at 5.30 for eight years, unless I was traveling around the world, we met and we drove every alley, every street in this town where they were selling drugs where there was prostitution taking place, where abortions were taking place, all of those things. We'd stop, we'd pray at the police station, we'd stop, we'd lay hands on schools and pray for them. For eight years, we did that. And then uh, things happened and we were dispersed and I was gone too much to be able to do that anymore. But in my heart, in my heart, I believe that God led us to do that. And in my heart, I still pray, God, we haven't quite seen it yet. And why did I get on that rabbit trail? I was talking about David and Deanna and the letters. We need the churches in this community to open up because the churches in this community need us, this ministry, more than we need the churches. And why do I say that? Because we know what happens within the church bodies. We know what's happening within the families. We know what's happening in extended loved ones. We know what's happening in the spiritual warfare that's trying to destroy families and individuals. And we want to bring the message of hope. Because the true message of hope is that Jesus Christ is the answer. And that when we begin to pray, and when we begin to pray, and we begin to pray, and the Holy Spirit gives us the power to pray, we begin to see the victory. You know, Chrissy handed me something when I came in this morning. And it's a prayer request card from a few years ago. I had it this way in my pocket, and Zach looked at me, El Doggo, El Doggo, and he said, that's my old phone number. But it's a prayer request that he wrote in church service sometime back. I need help with getting in a Teen Challenge program or one similar to it. Please help if you can, Zach. Okay, and and people prayed and family prayed. And, And to tell you the truth, in my position, I'm seeing a tremendous growth in the Lord. And I'm not saying something to you publicly I haven't said to him and we see what God is is doing in his life. So, so it's a powerful ministry, and the message needs to, to get out, because there is hope. There's nothing worse than a life with no hope. I've had a few spots in my life where it didn't seem like there was any hope. And that's how people end up in, in substance abuse or suicide or a number of other things. We have been under attack at our... In our ministry for the last some months, boy, I think the whole year actually, and that's one of the reasons I haven't been home in a long time, and I won't go home for a while yet because I felt like I needed to really, really stay and be here. We had one of our guys, tremendous, tremendous individual that, that uh, completed the program once and went to a job and doing really well, was married, His wife had MS, he had a little girl that had autistic and. A couple other girls are doing really well, and then something happened. And then he ended up coming back into the program and doing really well and completed again. I mean, this is one of those likable guys. Not that you guys aren't likable. Okay. I'm okay. Well, we will admit some are more likable than others. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And uh, he completed... You know, I was talking to someone earlier. Mental health is such a problem. And and I think that we do a tremendous disservice in, in our nation. This state is ridiculously ineffective when it comes to helping people with mental health issues. And something happened. And he committed suicide. And... Uh, you talk about a gut punch to us all. I, I I spoke at the memorial service. And I believe with all my heart that this man is with the Lord. He loved the Lord. Loved the Lord. And his wife and struggling and his little girls, and they spoke at the memorial service, or his oldest daughter did and all. So we need to be able to get the message that there's hope, and to be able to to really help people because it's, you know, that putting on that spiritual, that, that the spiritual warfare, that armor of God. Man, we all need it. We all need it desperately. Zach, why don't you come on up here? I'm going to have you share a little bit, like I talked to you about already. So on May twenty third, we've May twenty third, um, I get to the office usually early and and there's one of our staff members is always his red pickup is always he's always there before me. <clears throat> he lives on site and and he wasn't there and I thought, "Man, that's strange." Anyway, I went into the office 5 minutes later. Lance got a call from Anthony Jones that uh, they found uh, Louis Roach the 3rd in his room on the floor. So I headed over there and tried for about 10 minutes to give CPR, and then EMTs got there, and they tried for 30 minutes, and Louis passed. Been on our staff for over 10 years. A really powerful, powerful individual in our ministry, but we had his memorial service yesterday out at the ranch. And I'd say close to 300 people were there, I would say, you know. Family, family members, some family members don't know the Lord. One of our staff members, Manny, that I I talked about teaching on spiritual warfare, he he got up and shared. Twelve years and four months ago, Louis came into that program and was interviewed by Manny, and his dad was with him. And he, the family said, there's no hope for this guy. In and out of jail wreaked havoc throughout the whole family structure. And yet, Zach knew him well, was a student, and Zach is one of my staff members, George is one of my staff members. And I just asked Zach, because you knew him so well, the impact that that person, that 12 years and four months ago, the world said, there's no hope for this guy. Maybe he should just quit breathing and get out of the way. And the impact that his life has had,
2: hello guys. My name is Zach. I'm actually from here in Lodi uh, i went to, I came into Teen challenge uh, about three and a half years ago um I've spoken up here before um, and with you guys uh, I think that was last year but um during my time uh being in the program and uh being under the leadership of Pastor Rick, <clears throat> I was uh grateful enough to you know be able to work with uh Louis Roach the third. His they called him his family called him Little Louie. And I wish I would have known that because that would have been something we would have been able to make fun of him about, I think. But he had oh man, he was he was a big ball of energy. And <clears throat> I never I never knew him. Um I only knew him for about five years, but I didn't know him prior to, you know, him coming to Christ. But I can only imagine, like you said, um with the energy that he had um, how he would have, you know, how he was uh, prior to <clears throat> uh, giving his, <clears throat> excuse me, his life over to the Lord, um, he, he exemplified, um, you know, live a, a godly life and very um, self, selfless, uh, very humble um, and uh, with a great sense of Humor. He took the 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 rigidness out of being um a christian like that the world might think uh, a christian would be and um right. yeah he i mean i mean he was a a great example for for the men here for myself and for the men um <clears throat> and for hundreds if not maybe you know close to thousands of of people who knew him throughout the 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 years that he had worked there at teen challenge and that's what um you know again, with the energy that he had before he he and with the help of Jesus Christ he was able to uh, channel that energy into being a beacon of hope and light uh for not only his family but for men who were hopeless themselves coming into the program and uh he was a great great example of 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 how to live um and walk with christ and uh so you know we missed him dearly um but I just you know that's what we kind of like to curate here you know with at the ranch um at teen challenges is to to set up the guys on how to um be that house on a hill that beacon of light and hope for their families back home you know some might be very estranged from their families just because of their history um but as was Louie and um but the the evidence was was there yesterday at the memorial with uh close to 300 people showing up for him i mean and there were countless others who wished they could have been there that lived out of state um and and that that really loved him um and that was all because he had turned his life around and surrendered fully to Christ um over a dozen years ago and um so you know people like him men like him are the reason you know we're, we're, we're open, you know, we, we do what we have, we do what we do. Um, you know, and it's to restore hope within reach of families. And, uh, so I, I work at Jamestown up in Jamestown for a day of the week and, and I see these guys come in right off, you know, some of them off the street. Um, some of them from shelters, some of them just, you know, hopeless and, and, and sometimes helpless, you know? And so, um, there at Adult and Teen challenge, there at Faith Home, we like to create a safe space for them to come and to um, and to just surrender their lives over to the Lord. I mean, and I I get to witness the transformation that these guys go through that I also went through myself. I mean, I'd like to think that you know I I really turned it around and and I did you know with the help of of Jesus. I mean, I couldn't have done it without him, and and he's the he's the the number one that gets all the the honor, the glory, and the praise for that so um you know i just i thank you guys for being here and and uh you know if any of you guys have know any people that are struggling out there, grandkids um who who are sons or daughters um that might have any issues with uh you know drug addiction life controlling issues, you know get a hold of us, contact us um you know we'd love to help even if they're you know females, we have resources to give you numbers to to facilities as well so thank you guys
1: we have a table in the back that's got uh, copies of uh, crossing the switchblade the book that was written by David Wilkerson in the early 60s you know over 20 million copies have been distributed worldwide it's impacting people all over because it's the story of hope and we've got our newsletter and, and information that you could reach. It's Pastor Marvin's also on our board, you know. So we're very involved and very, you're, you know, I know Chris a graduate and uh, has tried to have uh, alumni things. I know you work with Mel and, you know, and some of the things that happen on Facebook and just trying to place a uh, put a point of contact, hope, You know, that someone's in a spot and says, man, there's hope. You know, think about where all of us would be. Uh, We're all sinners saved by grace. From the moment we're born, we're condemned to hell because of sin that happened a long time ago. But a plan was put into place. And God the Father sent his son to die for our sins, is the great equalizer, you know, hope for every one of us. I don't care what our pedigree is, what our race is, what our background is, hope. And then there's the transformative Word of God. We see that. That's such a big part of who we are, our curriculum, our teaching, our chapels, our devotions. The guys give uh, an individual devotion each, each morning. They split it up during our chapel time and on well, Friday night, it's for students, student-led worship time, you know, to begin to share what the what the Word of God says. You know, it says so clearly in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God. It's the Word of God that transforms us. And each and every one of us, I don't care how old we get, we better be in the Word. Because, you know, If we don't make it a daily habit, if we don't dig in, I don't care, you know, we could serve the Lord 50 years, and all of a sudden your body starts giving out on you, you're experiencing pain that you've never experienced before, the doctors can't help you, and you're absolutely miserable. And you cry out to God, and you pray, you believe in healing, and maybe you're healed, and maybe you're not. But we have that hope that the Lord always hears us when we pray. We pray. And that loved one that we prayed for decades, decades. And then we begin to see them come to the Lord, because how does the Lord tell us to pray? He says, never give up, never give up, never give up. We continue, we continue to do that. Hope, the biggest word in the English language, I feel. One of my favorite scriptures has been ever since I got saved, so many years ago, and my favorite chapter in the, in the whole Bible is from Isaiah chapter 40, but what does it say? But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. I hope in heaven I get to soar on wings like eagles. I love to watch eagles fly and that get caught up and to be able to take. We can soar on wings like eagles. They can run and not grow weary. We just had a softball tournament. We had a picnic for all Northern California, Nevada, down at the ranch. Just That was last Wednesday, right? Seems like a long time ago now. But it was last Wednesday, and our softball team won the championship again, you know? I mean, what can I say? You know? I mean, no brag, just fact. but I'm watching these guys run around those bases and I think I used to run like a deer (laughs) what are you laughing at David (laughs) and we will walk and not faint because of the hope that's given to us in, in the word of God since I uh called one zach i'm going to ask another zach right now did you share
3: good morning everybody for you for those of you that don't know me i'm zach hidalgo i've been i was born and raised in lodi um, and uh well some of you know my story so i'll keep it short but the scripture i picked was in galatians 5:24 through 25 those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature along with his passions and desires Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. Um, Before I came to Teen Challenge, I had no peace. I had no love for others. I've lived a very uh, self-centered and selfish life, hurting a lot of the people that loved me um, and destroying the trust that I had with them. Since entering Teen Challenge um, and surrendering my life over, I was able to keep in step with the Spirit, let the Spirit lead, and obey the Spirit. And uh, put myself aside and put Jesus first. And now I do have the peace that God gives uh, his followers. And I have, over everything, I have self control and I'm able to say no to the things that were destroying my life.
1: Amen. And I've been able to see that peace firsthand. Zach works in the kitchen, he's a cook. If you don't have peace, being in the kitchen, if God isn't truly doing something in your life, being in the kitchen it'll 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 you'll see it <laughs> I know because i've had I've experienced that in the five and a half years i've been there, not for several years, but there was a time when there was no peace in that kitchen at all, and there is because it's amazing when something begins to happen on the inside
4: James Amen. and Hi, I'm James. <coughs> Good morning. Uh, so <laughs> I was going to share uh, real quick just uh, one, of my, one of my favorite scriptures. Um, also uh, excited to be here. Thanks for having us here. Uh, so one of my favorite scriptures, uh, and I'll tell you why here in a second, is uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, which says, uh, we break down every thought and proud thing. That puts itself up against the wisdom of God, we take hold of every thought and make it obey Christ. That is second uh, Corinthians ten five but that's one of my favorite scriptures because um, I think that I think that uh like the the battlefield that uh the enemy kind of attacks us on uh is is really our mind really nine times out of ten, and especially the times that we live in i I think I like that scripture because uh it just kind of reminds me to um to be more disciplined in my thought life. And, um, you know, and I I think as a Christ follower, that's uh, key. So that's why that's one of my favorite scriptures. That's about it.
0: Hello, everybody. Good morning. Uh, My name is Kevin Tippett, and I'm a student here at the Adult Teen Challenge at the ripe old age of 59 Um, (laughs) it's because i have a life controlling issue that i haven't been able to resolve on my own i've chosen scripture from matthew chapter 23 verses 37 through 39 because for me it provides hope purpose and a guiding first step towards becoming a stronger christian and a better man Goes, uh, you shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You should love your neighbor as yourself. So, all uh, my purpose is daily purpose is to learn to love a little bit better, love myself a little bit better, love others, and um, of course, learn to love God better. Thank you.
1: In First uh, Samuel chapter three, verse nine, remember Eli was the priest, and and Samuel had been dedicated uh, by his mother, crying out for a son. And Samuel was in the in the temple, and he was hearing from the Lord. And the le- Eli kept telling him, you know, go back. And then what was Samuel's response? Basically, it was, "Yes, I will. I hear you, Lord. Yes, I will. I hear you, Lord." And I really believe that that's what the Holy Spirit is wanting from all of us, you know, to hear and to obey as He is speaking to us. Because you know, those of you that are in your twenties that never think you're going to be in your seventies, and those that are in the seventies wish you were still in your twenties for the for the physical side of things, but not for the lack of wisdom. Okay? Okay. I just know, because I'll be 70 in August, and so I'm I'm experiencing everything I'm saying. But we can run a danger when we get older of thinking I've done my duty. I've done my duty. I've served my time. Now I'm just going to ride off into the sunset. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I believe that when the Lord calls us home and when we stand before him and he said, well done, thou good and faithful servant, that they've carried us into his presence and then we're done with that, that aspect of it. So there is so much to do, so many people to pray for, so many to reach out, so many to touch, so many to minister to. Because Jesus Christ is the answer and the world needs to know.
0: Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.